Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Welcome to the weekly We Are LA Tech Remix episode. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. This is Chloe Dremel, and I'm the founder and CEO of Yoni Circle. We are a Venice-based startup, soon to be Silver Lake-based startup here in Los Angeles. And we are an in-person community and a social app that connects women more deeply to themselves and others through storytelling. So it came back, like I left Snapchat to build tech. I honestly lost my confidence because I what I was building in the beginning or trying to build wasn't right. For so Yoni like, Circle. Yeah. So it's like it had the name Yoni Circle, but it's like all of a sudden I was building these like product ideas and the in-person was just like taking off. So I was like, all right, let me just do this in-person. And the more I let go of all of the different product ideas I had and just stayed uh, focused, that was (laughs) stayed stayed focused on like the actual like circle. It was just, it kind of, the product just like hit me. I was in in the bathtub one day and I got out of the bath, designed the whole product. And then that was in 2019. Yeah. Just uh, January of 2019. And then over that course of the year is when we really built everything and I got funding and everything. The thing I really admire about you and the reason why I think that you were able to raise money and it's so exciting that you raised money. Congratulations on (laughs) having a funded startup. I don't know if you're allowed to say like how much were you able to raise and was it separately? Did you have a C stage in the beginning or what did that look like for you, that journey, that process in raising? Fundraising was really hard for me. I completely bootstrapped everything Yoni Circle until for like that first year, because I really didn't know what the plan was. And once I came up with the tech product, I very quickly started to design everything, design really the UX, and then get Delfina involved from the illustrative part. And then I actually hired a, just a, a consultant to a design consultant out of Tel Aviv, who was really helpful, really getting it together, putting a clickable prototype together. That led to Akiva coming on board. And that's what I used to fundraise. And so I really started fundraising July of 2019. I didn't close until December. And we closed 1.3 million. It was led by Box Group. And there's some other amazing VCs involved and individual angels involved. And it was like a hard kind of journey, the fundraise, but it also taught me so much. And I'm so grateful for it. And the, the people that have invested, I think really 
get Yoni Circle. And I'm I'm just like really excited about the people that I, you know, get to be, I get to like have as teammates during this journey. What was your outreach style? What did that look like? And the point of me asking is so everybody listening can be inspired and know how to execute themselves if they have a dream of raising money. What did it take to create the relationships and to get the yeses? So the most important thing with fundraising, I think, is having an Excel sheet, not being afraid to follow up um, and, and try to start getting a yes or no. It was really hard for me to get that first yes, which came from Box Group. Box doesn't usually lead. I hope this is okay to say, but honestly, what I ended up doing was with just one woman who had been to a real Yoni circle and then the partner that was, you know, kind of going to say yes or no. I just impromptu did a Yoni circle. We used a Diet Coke can as a talking piece because uh, I really knew that if, I knew that like if he hated it after he had experienced it, if he still couldn't see it, then it was okay and it wasn't right. I wasn't going for it unless I just really went for it and just was like, yeah, I can have a Yoni circle in a conference room. Like, let's go. And it was really beautiful and really connecting circle. I honestly just like propositioned them. I was like, you're my favorite investor. I continue to really like talking to you. I'd really like for you to lead. And I just went for it. And I think you... I I know so many stories of fundraising where, you know, everyone's like knocking on their, you know, they're getting like these sheets and they're getting to decide or, you know, they're not the ones, a lot of the people I know that got funding, they weren't the ones to be like, hey, I want you. And so that was scary for me. And I'm very happy that I, I did it. And I think sometimes like, You have to go with that gut, especially when you're doing something new that you already know. Like I knew not everyone was gonna get Yoni Circle. Like Yoni Circle is kind of crazy. My name is Kurt Derridix with Hunt Club. I'm the general manager for the West Coast. Hunt Club is a new category of search that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to help our clients build the best teams Our tech transforms thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network. I'm based in Marina Del Rey. You're talking about the brain drain phenomena that most areas deal with. And, you know, you have these areas that have this gravity, Silicon Valley has been very successful with that. But I think we're seeing an acceleration of a reversal of that trend. And I've heard it said that San Francisco is the utopia gone wrong. And that Los Angeles is the dystopia gone right. Oh, interesting. I have not heard that. When when Holden and I were in San Francisco, we were paying $4,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment right across from Airbnb's headquarters, right right in Soma at 8th and Brandon. And um, really nice place. But uh, you walk outside and, you know, immediately uh, you have some of the displeasing things that you have to deal with in San Francisco that we don't have to go into on the show. You know, after being there for a year, I, was, I just, I love the city, but I just missed, I missed home. So we ended up coming back and for that same amount of money, like the amount square footage and amenities and all that stuff was just like twice as much. Right? Totally. So the cost of living is going to be one thing I think that's going to definitely keep people closer to home or in areas like Los Angeles, where you have a nice balance of incredible job market, 
a lot of growth happening with opportunities for really great engineers to just stay in the city. You have a great quality of life with the weather and you know everything that Southern California has to offer. And by the way, we're in the middle of a, a major economic downturn. So people are going to want to keep costs down. So, and I think we're already seeing a flight out of San Francisco. It'll be interesting to see like what that ends up looking like. I mean, Pre-COVID, we were already having, you know, big name investors buy in, up in the Bay, buying second homes in Malibu and, and, and coming down on a weekly route down to Los Angeles and, you know, things like Surf Air supporting that to make it easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's LA's moment, you know, Los Angeles, the city of angels, I think is a very appropriate name. Can you just fill everybody in where the, all the engineering talent is coming from here? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I buried the question. UCLA, USC. We have the uh, Caltech schools essentially competing for MIT for the, the best um, engineering schools in the world. We had I-10 Albez. It was a Caltech grad who founded Applied Semantics, which was acquired by Google and essentially is the monetization engine of Google so much incredible uh, talent comes out of Caltech. A little farther east, we have the Claremont schools. We have Harvey Mudd, um, incredible engineering talent coming out of, uh, of those schools. And then you have the, the local Cal State schools, Cal State Northridge, Cal State LA, you know, farther south, Cal State Long Beach. We also have uh, Loyola Marymount. So world-class schools, and I don't know the exact numbers as free, but the output of engineering talent locally is incredible. Just phenomenal. I wanted to kind of like piggyback off of talking about possibly mass exodus from San Francisco. Uh, we don't usually have conversations like this on the podcast, but I do think it's interesting and very pertinent to LA Tech is because of what's going on, there's been so many levels of systematic shift, but one of them is remote work. A lot of companies were allergic to remote work and now they've been forced to remote work. And now these major companies, I, I can't remember all of them, but like Twitter, YouTube, you know, all of them are pushing to stay remote for quite a while. I know, I think Twitter is possibly stay like going to be like mainly remote. Maybe you know more, Curdy, than I do. But with that, I'm suspecting that all the people who were on the fence in San Francisco or like couldn't move to LA because they were stuck in an office, we might like have another boom in this city, especially in the tech space, because it's possible all of that talent in San Francisco is going to relocate to Los Angeles. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, look, like part of the appeal of San Francisco is you have incredible restaurants and food and great culture. And if you're paying four grand a month for a one bedroom and it's locked down and you can't do that, uh, you go crazy. And I think there's so many people that fit that bill and being able to come down to Los Angeles, uh, work from an LA satellite office or work remote completely, you know, maybe actually be able to afford to buy a place. The social scene is incredible in LA. I will be surprised if we don't see like some bigger stories about the, you know, essentially the, it's almost like the migrant birds flying south for the summer and then just totally. stay here. Hi, my name is Adam Weber. 
my company is callcast.co and callcast is an easy way for anyone to record edit and publish your podcast to apple podcasts and all the other places that you want your podcast to be based in santa monica and so the idea was just like man if my dad could just record this phone call that we're on right now and hit a publish button and it would take him to itunes and all those other places so that was the genesis of the idea that mixed with i was working on other projects that I just was not inspired in doing. I didn't have that much love. I was building tools for SMBs and, you know, we had, you know, a whole sales arm channel of it. And it's just like, it just didn't feel like there was a passion or spark in what I was doing there. I've always loved podcasting. It's such an amazing experience to be able to ask somebody, hey, can I talk to you? Can I have you on my podcast? And just listen to what they have to say. And that open yourself up to an opportunity to learn so much is kind of what I find so incredible. And then to have this medium that's just blossoming. Can you walk us through, like, we have, you know, Linda Ross listening right now, and she's walking down the street. She's like, man, I've wanted to create a podcast, but I felt really, like, just kind of overwhelmed by what goes into it. If she were to choose CallCast, what does that mean to her? Right. So right now, we're only on iPhones. So hopefully, Linda has an iPhone. And she can go to the App Store, download the app. And then if she wants to create a podcast, the idea is for her to be able to interview somebody that she admires or finds interesting. And maybe she goes on to LinkedIn, looks up somebody's profile. is like, wow, look at this person working in science or something. I'm going to reach out and talk to this person about science because I've always wanted to get you know, a job in science or something like that. And so she sends the person on LinkedIn a message like, hey, I'd love to interview you. I'm starting my podcast and I see you've been working on the genome project. And I'd like to ask you questions about it. Sure. And the easiest way to do that is, can I send this person a phone number who's probably a very busy individual and this person will have time to talk to me? And so what she would do is, you know, there's a package in CallCast that is a pro package that includes the phone numbers. And so if she has that package, she gets a certain amount of hours every month that she can just shoot out phone numbers to people and say, hey, I'd love to interview you for 30 minutes on my podcast. Here's the phone number. Call in. There's a pin, enter the pin, and we just talk like you and I are doing right now. We're just having a conversation, ask the questions, and then what happens is the audio gets returned to the app. And then basically when she goes to publish that audio, it has her go through this process that for a lot of beginner podcasters, it's kind of obscure and this whole world of technical detail, the RSS feed and what to do with it and getting the image sizes just right for your podcast artwork and all that. It just, the app crops the image size for you and it just gets all the information done for you and returns a a link that says, okay, go take this link and click this button and add it to iTunes. And now you're always connected to iTunes. And every time you hit publish, it'll just sync right up to iTunes for you. And so yeah, so there's that. Just so you know, Esprit, I pushed a new build this morning that's trying to simplify editing tools because that was one of your biggest critiques for me is editing needs improvement. So I listen <laughs> to you. Uh, I listen true. to what I'm saying is I listen to users, right? If you guys tell me what's working and what's not, I'm going to do my damnedest to get in there and try and simplify it. Mm-hmm. 
Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.